0: Welcome to the third episode of Vital Connections. I'm your host, Alan Vickers, and guess what? I'm out of surgery and coming to you with not one, not two, but three kidneys. Thanks to Cody Leibowitz and the wonderful people at Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia. You know, I was thinking of not dropping an episode this week, and... I thought about it and I thought about the past two Wednesdays. Two weeks ago, I was waking up at 5 a.m. to head to dialysis. And last Wednesday, at this time that we're recording, I was under the knife uh, for a kidney transplant. And I didn't know where I was. I mean, I obviously was in the operating room, but, you know, thanks to the anesthesiologist, um I didn't really come to till like 5:45 that evening. The surgery went extremely well. The kidney is is working. It was working the night of the surgery. Um which is great news because sometimes the kidney needs a jump start and you have to go to dialysis and just to get the kidney just jump started, but this kidney started working Immediately, um, I'm recovering still. You can probably hear it in my voice. But I know a lot of people are wondering how's Cody? Um, Cody is recovering and he's doing well. He's improving daily, which is great. You know, it's just one of those things that I am so grateful to him to give me another chance at life. Um, so thanks to him thanks to everyone for your prayers and your support. Um, It means a lot. Um, This episode was recorded before the surgery, and it is all about my experience on dialysis. And I talked to a dear friend um, who took time out of his busy schedule to learn more about the dialysis process. So please enjoy um, we've got still a lot of great content coming to you fairly soon. So stay tuned.
1: If you've been listening for the first two episodes, thank you. If you're a first-time listener, let's run through the story so far. In the first episode, we explored kidney disease, my personal journey, and why I believe doing this podcast is important. On the second episode, uh, we spoke to my friend, Cody Liebowitz and my donor, Cody Leibowitz. He saved my life. Now, after that episode, you may have a lot of questions, and I invited one of my colleagues and good friends, Bill Meninger, Director of Motion Design at Braithwaite Communications, to ask them. If you clicked on this podcast on your favorite listening app, you definitely saw a really cool and intricate logo. That, my friends, was conceptualized by Bill. So let's give him a round of applause for that. Bill, I know you're asking the questions for this episode, but I want you to take me and the listeners along for the ride of how you came up with that design.
2: Oh, man. Well, that's a hell of an introduction from you there, Alan. I am so pleased to be here as uh, your guest today. And it's been an absolute honor to be involved with this uh, project. When you came to me with this idea of a podcast and everything, I didn't want to just be like, okay, yeah, Alan, I'll crank this logo out for you. Whatever. I I really wanted to... uh, invest my time and my thought process and i wanted to keep you involved in everything so when you came with the name the vital connections i was blown away first of all i was like oh my god that name is absolutely perfect because i i I like the uh double entendre there where it's it's these vital connections that you have with people with organ transplant and then you have these lasting connections with people that have either been through this uh, journey together whether they have gone through a transplant or they've known somebody who has and everything in between. And I wanted to make this something really special for you. The thought process was is pretty simple is we, we had the, the vital connection sign, right like your heart monitor and it, it tracks your vital signs. And then connections, a lot of different ping points. And, and, and then the one thing that I really wanted to incorporate was the human element in there. So created this uh, illustration style of different uh, elements like hands drawn up with these connection points. And then the logo, straightforward, the, the V and Vital is a nice uh, vital sign, heart monitor, Emblem, and we locked it up with our host Alan Vickers, who uh, is, you know, the soul of this entire podcast. It wouldn't have happened without you, and uh, that's really the thought process. And I, I'm very pleased with the way it turned out, and I hope you are as well.
1: I love it. I look at it, and I'm just like, holy crap! Like it's, it didn't feel real, even though I've been planning this podcast for months. <laughs> Some would say years, but but once I saw that, it just motivated me and it inspired me to kind of take this to another level where it wasn't like, "Hey, I'm just kind of doing this and we'll see where it goes." It's like, right. no, this really could be special, and um, I appreciate that.
2: I'm honored. Speaking of though of years, how how long has this actually been, Alan? Wow. I, don't, I didn't want to like jump in there, but when yeah, yeah. you said. Some may say years. I I kind of wanted to know, like, how, how long has this process been for you? So
1: this whole ordeal began, I started at my current place of work, Braithwaite Communications, in February of 2021. In March of 2021, I went to the hospital thinking I had COVID. And they were like, no, it's not COVID. Your kidneys are failing. I was like, oh boy, like, that is... You know, not what I thought, just like, you know, out of left field. And here we are. So, March of 2021, really to now, I've been dealing with this. I've been educating, trying to educate myself with it. And there's so many different layers because at first it was just like, hey, you have kidney disease. You might need a transplant. And then I think April of 2021, they're like, you definitely need a transplant. And then March of 2022, they were like, okay, your kidneys are in such bad shape.
2: You need to start dialysis. Oh my God. So So, yes. In the span of what, four months you, you, you went from just going about your daily life to, I need to strap up to this machine and I need to flush my kidneys. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, Before we get into dialysis, just what, what kind of told did this take on you physically and emotionally?
1: I think just generally like your whole life shifts. You're right. like from, I didn't really understand the ins and outs of dialysis. I was like, oh, uh, maybe it's a couple hours. Um, it's actually four hours for some people. Um, it could be longer, could be shorter, depending on, you know, the function of your kidneys. I didn't realize that There's a type of dialysis that I use, and it's called hemodialysis, and that's where they insert two needles into your arm. Um, You have to get a fistula or a graft, and a fistula is basically like an extra vein that helps get your blood going, and it cleans, through dialysis, uh, it cleans your blood. And it takes a lot out of you. I mean, you're, you're sitting, yeah, you're sitting there, but... You know, it's taking blood out of you to filter it and clean it and get all the toxins out of it, and then it goes back into your body. So some days, it would be summertime, and I'd feel cold. Like, I'd have hand warmers because I felt cold. Other times, you know, you feel tired sometimes after it. It's definitely – it's a lot uh, i i would say that it's a lot to take on in a 4 month span as you said
2: how how have you managed to keep up with your you know, your your job and your relationships with people and everything when when you're so hyper focused on getting the care that you need how how has that changed your outlook on life and
1: your approach it's definitely changed my approach and outlook on life um going through dialysis you know there's finite amount of time that, you know, there's a possibility that it can go really bad for you. So you just try to take it day by day. You don't try to stress out as much on things. Um, it doesn't help with Philadelphia sports teams, uh, which, <laughs> you know, they stress you out as well. But, you know, it's definitely changed my outlook, adjusting to it with family. You know, I go in uh, to the center at like 5.30 a.m., Uh, that's that's a lot (laughs) that's a lot Uh, trying to wake up and realize that it's going to be pain like you're going to experience pain uh, before 9 a.m and it's physical pain is like is weird but it's a life-saving measure so that kind of keeps me going Um, as far as adjusting to family and friends some things I couldn't do um some things I could, I'd have to make adjustments. My friend had a wedding in California. I had to make sure I went before and then right when we got back. So, you know, usually you're like, oh, jet lag. It's like, no, no, no. You have to go yeah. to dialysis.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, being a colleague with you, I I know that you do dialysis on your work days uh, <laughs> before you come in here. I have no idea how you do that, how Honestly, Alan, you are one of the strongest people I know. I don't I, I, don't know how you get through your days and how you're not completely wiped out. Um, is, is there anything, any advice that you can give to someone else who's in a similar situation as yourself?
1: I would say take it slow. And then when you're there, like our workday doesn't start usually till like eight thirty, nine o'clock. So once I get to the center – and they, you know, administer the needles. I try to fall asleep or I, I listen to a podcast. Or if I know I have a project, I know that I can start earlier. That's the one good thing. We're remote. So it's not like I have to go to the office, but I know I could start on something earlier and take my time with it, which helps. It helps. No, I'm don't get me wrong. You know, 6 o'clock, seven, eight. I'm passed out like it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a it's a long day but you know I definitely my coworkers, you and the rest of the people at Braithwaite have been extremely supportive of me and my family so I definitely try to um give my all when I can
2: <laughs> honestly <laughs> there there have been no hiccups there Alan you you are uh knocking it out of the park with you know going through this all uh you say it is a long day um for people mm-hmm. that don't know like myself and i'm extremely interested uh, what does that day look like uh you know from getting there getting mm-hmm. hooked up and everything what what what's that process like
1: yeah so i get there and you know you park and you walk in it was interesting and i learned you have to weigh yourself because during the times you're non-dialysis, you're drinking water, you're eating, you know, your fluids are, you're retaining fluid because your kidneys aren't flushing them out. Like dialysis is basically okay. your kidneys for four hours. But like for you and people with, you know, functioning kidneys, your kidneys work 24 hours, 24 seven. But for me, the, the dialysis um, is an assistant to help my kidneys like work and function. So I get there, I weigh myself. Um, to make sure I didn't retain too much fluid. Then I, you know, I wash the wound where they inserted the needles, that's to avoid germs and everything. And then I sit in the chair, um, show them my weight. And then they say, Hey, like you're, you're three kilos over. And that's just like, that's your water weight. That's how much you retained in between treatments. And you try not to be too much over i think three is basically my limit because that creates pressure on your heart that creates pressure on your kidneys and your body that your body just doesn't need um so then they administer the needles and then you're there when i first started i was there for four hours straight and that's tough because you're there for four hours you know that's like what a movie and a half two movies
2: Right. You know? Yeah. It's very yeah, long. Scorsese movie, uh <laughs> one movie, but anyone else, it would be two. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so you're there, you're working. It's, it's really quiet. Like I'm there, you know, 530. So most people are asleep. Um I've went at different times, like midday or later in the day. And those people are definitely more active because, you know, But um, you're just there, and you sit there, and it's cleaning your blood. It's taking your blood pressure every 30 minutes to make sure it's not too high um, because then they can't take as much blood out. And definitely they make sure it's not too low because then you feel, um, wow, you just don't feel like yourself. You feel super lightheaded, and it just feels like your body is just shutting down in a way. And you're just like, yeah, you just feel like hot. And that's
2: that's something you have experienced.
1: Yeah, I've experienced it at least once. And it is it's scary, you know, because it's like your blood pressure is low and it's to the point where, you know, the nurses are fantastic. They just bring over oxygen And it's kind of weird when you're wearing a mask and (laughs) trying to put on oxygen, (laughs) but (laughs) that makes do. And then your, your blood pressure, you start feeling like yourself, but that's why, you know, when you're on dialysis, you have to take your medicine. You literally don't miss a day of taking your medicine. Don't miss an afternoon. Make sure you take your medicine because that can be the difference of a good treatment, which I've had 99% of the time and a treatment where you're like, whew. I'm glad to get out of there.
2: Speaking of that, are there any other symptoms that you've uh, encountered, whether it be there or, you know, when you're at home or anything Mm. just through the process of dialysis?
1: Yeah. They, they always ask you, you know, do you have, have you had a fainting spell? You know, have you had heart palpitations? Do you have any of those things? And luckily I've been blessed to the point where I haven't had anything too serious or anything like noticeable, but it's, it's good. They always ask. They always take your, they take your blood pressure. They check out your heart rhythm. They check your lungs um, and they check your ankles to watch out for swelling. Because if your ankles are swelled, that means that they need to probably up your dialysis treatment through uh, various ways where they can.
2: Oh, that's extremely interesting. See, I don't know about any of those types of things. Uh, are there any other specific things that you should look out for um, while you're going through treatment? I would say
1: one of the things that, you know, I learned during and not before is dialysis. You have to watch your fluids. You just have to. They recommend like a 32 ounce bottle a day for some people. Oh. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's a water, small water bottle, but Mm. that depends on the funk, the kidney function of you. Like I'm able to, um, drink more. I, you know, I stick, stay away from, you're supposed to stay away from like dark sodas, but for my root beer fans out there, you could drink A&W. So that's great because I love a good root beer float, but, um, you have to stay away from like Dr. Pepper, you know, Coca-Cola, Cherry Coke, um, All of those sodas, um, but you can drink ginger ale. So there's definitely, they want you to stay away from like orange juice and citrusy stuff. That's like calcium. Like they take, yeah, oh, that's another thing. Like during the first of the month and the last of the month, um, they take blood work. And that's just checking to see how dialysis is working with your body you know, do they need to, once again, like up the treatment, do they need to lower the treatment, just things like that. But it's uh, you don't feel the blood test because once they insert the needles, that's when they do the blood test. So it's not like a, another needle that you're going through, right. which the first time they're like, oh, we're doing a blood test. I was like, oh, oh no, because I <laughs> I literally hate needles. But, you know, it's they they got it down to a science there.
2: That's that's great to hear. Um, question for this actually. Uh, with your um, blood tests, have there been changes to your treatment? Uh, Did they find something where they're like, we want to up this, we want to lower this? Has that happened?
1: Yeah, when I first started, they like your dry weight is so important because they want to make sure that they're not leaving too much on you, but they're also not taking too much off. Because if they take too much off, you start to cramp, and if they don't take off enough then you aren't getting the treatment that you need so that's one of the things where like my dry weight i forgot what it was when I first started but um now it's at like the perfect i think that helps out it's at the perfect rate because if they took too much off i would feel tired i would get cramps i wouldn't feel like myself but because it's at and it's a process it's like a month process where they kind of go through it and see like how's your body react to this how your body react to this so that's, that's something they test, like your calcium, uh, did a lot of tests, um, that they, your hemoglobin levels, your iron levels, um, just so much where they're just testing everything to make sure that you can function outside of dialysis.
2: Wow. That's fantastic how tentative they are to everything. Uh, it honestly, Alan, it seems like a grueling process, um, mm. How important is a good, uh, support system, uh, mm. to this, uh, y- you know, uh, I, I, I don't know myself, just putting myself in your shoes. I don't know how I could get through it if I didn't have, you know, this support system that you have.
1: Very true. Um, a support system is everything. Uh, salute to my family, my friends, even my colleagues at work. You know, um, even though I'm there at like 5:30 a.m., um, my parents are always up. My wife's always up. Just like, are you okay? What's going on? You know, um, I appreciate that. Uh, my friends, you know, they're available to text. You know. Uh, maybe later, maybe a little later, not right <laughs> at 5 a.m. Uh, and even my colleagues, when this first happened, this was a lot to take on. And a couple of my colleagues um, sent those, you know, those iPhone games where you can play like pool and like basketball of course, of course. and like stuff. And they beat me, uh, you know, <laughs> I, not good at pool. It's OK, basketball. but they, Wait, wait, they didn't even take it easy on me. They didn't take it easy. Wow. How, how about that? Wow. <laughs> What's up with that? You know, <laughs> but I think a support system is everything. Like everyone has been, you know, our boss, Hugh, Hugh Braithwaite. Um, he's been like, Hey, like, you know, we're here for you. And just hearing that was like from your boss who could be like, you know what, Mm, I don't know, you know, figure it out, (laughs) like do your work. But for him to kind of be like, Hey, like, I understand, like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about you. Uh, that meant everything. And I think that's why this process stinks. But to have that support system from every angle, even people at uh, at my church and other churches, that you know, they're like, "Oh, we're praying for you." Like people I don't even know, we're like, "We're praying for you." I'm like, "Oh my gosh," you know, like just that wind beneath you know
2: right. my little my little wings uh, meant everything. It yeah, it seems like there's an outpouring of support for you. Uh, is there any? advice you can give to someone like myself mm-hmm. a colleague or friend on you know how we can better support you you know do do you want all the sympathy do you mm-hmm. want you know things like that like i i, I didn't know in the beginning how to mm-hmm. communicate with you or what to say to you is, is there any advice that you could give I think the
1: best thing that I think everyone did, because at first I didn't want to talk about it. There's just like, I don't know. It was just something where I was like, this stinks and, you know, I'm going through this and hopefully it ends soon and I don't want to talk about it. But I think everyone, instead of being like, oh, sorry, it sucks this happened to you, was like, let me understand this. Like, even this podcast is like Mm -hmm. trying to understand it and trying to be like, hey, like, what can I do? Like, Oh, I'll make, I'll make you dinner. Or, you know, if you need anything, I'll help you out. Just like things like that. I think for anyone that if you're going through it or, you know, someone that's going through it, just try to understand. And, you know, um, it's not like a blame game thing, but I think just being there to understand just means so much.
2: Right. I mean, when, 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 This first happened. I I, I was looking and I tried my hardest to educate myself on everything that was going down. And I I tried to be as supportive as possible. But take a step back. Is is there uh, did you educate yourself before this? Like, did you did you look into things or did you kind of go into it blind? I, I know I know myself i would I would want to read endless articles on Google, which might not be the best thing, but uh, <laughs> is there is there anything you did to kind of prepare yourself?
1: Yes, for our listeners, I've been nodding, but um, <laughs> that doesn't help because this is an audio medium. I looked at YouTube for just to see like dialysis, um my doctors from. Day one, we're like, here's, because there's different types of dialysis. Like, do you want to do this? Do you, would you like to do this? Would you like to do at home? And I was like, I don't think personally that I could administer needles to myself. So I'll let the professionals do it. So I YouTubed, Google, read as much as I could because this is a life-changing event. It's different, I think, than most. Or maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's similar. But you don't know um, how long. you know, You just don't know. And it's, you know, are you going to be, cause at first, you know, you're on dialysis and luckily the kidney failure had started earlier. So I had already applied to be on the national donor list, but some people, they may find out, Hey, my kidneys are failing. So I had a year already on it, but some people, they find out, you know, like I have kidney failure and you're not on the list. So it's just like a double whammy. Um, so I would just say just read as much as you can YouTube um, there's definitely medical journals I'd recommend the Merck manual. I think that would be a good place to start so that would help you understand like kidney failure and just go from there just. Educate yourself as much as you can.
2: Not to lie, I have educated myself with the Merck Manuals. Uh, timeless times in the in in the past, they are a great resource for uh, medical knowledge. Speaking of that, are are, are you uh, involved in support groups? Are there uh, communities of people like yourself that uh, can you know you can talk to each other? You can mm. you can uh, work with each other. You can. Uh, you know, sympathize with each other? Are, are are there support groups out there?
1: You know what? There are plenty of kidney related, dialysis related pages on Facebook. There's so many that are on there. And I would say if you see one, join one. Um, there's a National Kidney Foundation. I try to donate to them every month. Um, World Kidney Day, there's definitely plenty of kidney and dialysis-related Facebook groups that I've joined, but I will say this. There's some that I've left because their content was just so dark.
2: Ne- and oh, it, was, it was negative.
1: It was just like, you know, you go through it and people have different reactions to going through things. And mm-hmm. there was one where I was just like, everyone was just so negative and I was in it and I was like... it was. I, I, I had to leave because I was like, I left feeling awful.
2: Just, it was just like doom and gloom or
1: it was was a lot of doom and gloom, a lot of, but it was real though. I think that's the part that kind of tore me because I'm like, they're going through the same thing I'm going through, but I try to have a different perspective on it. But if they have this perspective, I'm not going to sit there and blame them. But I, I literally was like, I cannot stay here Right. um and i've done that for other things i've done that for eagles facebook groups i've done you know it's not <laughs> like it's not like this is the only facebook group i've left or the only person i've muted it's, it's just right. one of those things where it was too much all at once
2: but that's the thing is in a situation like this it's definitely best to stay as positive as possible
1: you have to because Absolutely. if you get to a dark place it's tough to get out
2: yeah so what, what would you say? How important is it for yourself then to connect with others that are going through this uh, similar thing? How important is you to make these vital connections?
1: Oh, like I like that. that? I <laughs> love that. I, I think it's so important. You know, later in the season, we're going to talk to a gentleman who had kidney disease and got a transplant, you know? And just seeing his journey, I saw that on Facebook and seeing him kind of go through everything that he went through and his recovery process, his, you know, testing. There's so many tests that you go through um, to make sure you can be on the kidney transplant list, to see your heart rate, to make sure, you know, dialysis isn't impacting, you know, your heart. So to see that you have to, you have to connect with people, even if you're not in the Facebook group, maybe you find someone in the Facebook group and just kind of say, Hey, like, let's be not pen pals, but let's be pen pals, you know?
2: That's wonderful. Um, and I'm sure that over this, you know, time in this, uh, journey, you've made those connections with people that will be lifelong friends mm-hmm. and I'm sure there will be more in the future. Okay. So, um, you know, all this podcasting and everything aside, now, Alan, mm. I'd like to talk to you as just a friend-to-friend, friend, and I would mm. love to ask you the question, how are you doing? Wow. Uh. It's, a
0: deep,
2: it's a deep question. I do understand that, but seriously, I would like to know, and I think all of our listeners would like to know as well, is through this uh, entire process of several yields at this point, um, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Be
1: honest. No, no, yeah. I always think I say I can't complain. Um, right. which, you know, can go either way. Like, you know, there could be a mountain of complaints, there could be like a molehill of complaints. But I think, like we talked about earlier, like having that support system helps. I feel besides dialysis, I feel fine. You know, which is a okay. weird thing. Like this is definitely like a, an invisible disease because, you know, you think it's COVID and you think one thing and it's like, no. But You know, I'm still able to work a full time job. I'm able to be there for my family, uh, drive, uh, play video games, like yard work. Like I'm able to do certain things. So I feel like if I wasn't like if I just was like, hey, like I'm going to dialysis and that's it. That's all I'm doing. Then I'd be like, okay, this is depressing. But I'm able to do things that kind of take my mind off of
2: things, you know? It, it, it You don't want this to define you. Exactly.
1: Right? Um, exactly.
2: And I will I will say, Alan is the most positive, most energetic uh-huh. person in our entire agency. Every time Stop. I want to call with him, it's crazy. And I will say that, though I don't agree with his sports takes, he is a Mariners fan. <laughs> I went to a baseball game with Alan, and his energy... <laughs> at that baseball game was at least ten times more than myself. Uh Phillies did win, so we got yeah. that. But uh <laughs> I, I, I will say his uh energy and his uh you know desire to be a Mariners fan has not wavered <laughs> at all in this and in, in this process, let's just say that was my darkest day when the Mariners lost to the Phillies. Right. I was there. I was it, there to it, see it in person. In <laughs> this entire process, that was Alan's darkest day. Uh, if, if that isn't a testament to his character, I don't know what is. Speaking of your darkest day, I would actually like to take this to a more uh, serious note. How has your, your, you know, your mental and physical and overall well-being? How has that been monitored? when you've been in the dialysis center has, how has that affected you and how have they, you know, made sure that they've kept up with the way you're feeling?
1: Yeah, they, they do great. And, um, I've been at two centers and, they do an excellent job of monitoring all of that. They have questionnaires for you. A social worker will come and check on you. The nurses are always friendly. I know it's a very long day for them, and it's, you know, it's a long day of of being there and being around that and different people and everything, but they're always polite and positive and checking on you, and so... Um, that I think that helps, and they, you know, they definitely. I, the one center uh, where I'm at, well, where I'm at now, as of the recording of this episode, um, on Christmas they gave like an apple pie for you.
2: Oh my god!
1: Like, what? And like, you know, they they always try to, you know, for Father's Day they like passed out like glazed donuts, you know. Doesn't,
2: it. doesn't that speak volumes? That's, yeah. that's that's exactly what you need,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. That's wow. why I'm like. There's just so much positivity around me. I think that's really what keeps me going is the positive forces and vibes and prayers that are just there. So that's my piece.
2: Well, that's wonderful, Alan. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so. To close out, what what advice would you give to someone who uh, was newly diagnosed for somebody who may have gone to the doctors thinking they have COVID and be hit with this, you know, ton of bricks that, mm. oh my God, uh, my kidneys are failing. Uh, what advice would you give to them?
1: Do not stop asking questions. Any question that you have is, it's your life, you know, so don't be like, oh, this sounds dumb, or I don't know. You know, maybe I should have read. Ask your healthcare provider. Ask uh, your nurse on. You know, your charge nurse. Just make sure that you are asking questions and write everything down too, because it's a lot to take in. And you know, you're going to hear, oh, blah, blah blah blah, and blah 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 from like family and friends. Listen to the health experts. They will guide you. That's
2: a great bit of information. Um, Another question is, is there anything that you've learned since you've been diagnosed that you wish you've done prior? Is is there any preventative measures that you wish you would have taken?
1: Wow. Just, you hear dialysis, and I wasn't familiar with it, so I didn't really know anything about it, but I feel like if... um, You know, someone could tell me, like, oh, this is what you'd be going through um, for your uh, 30s, your early 30s. I'd be like, let me go to the doctors every single day. Let me just go to the hospital and just, like, hey, look at at my kidneys. Hey, you know, uh, what's up? I've definitely uh, started eating healthier and doing more exercise than usual. You know, video games can wait, you know? So just little things like that. I've really um definitely for our younger listeners out there take your health seriously because you can't operate without it
2: right and and that leads me to my last uh my last question I do have for you here um
0: mm-hmm.
2: how has this you know changed your outlook and changed your you know perspective on life since you've been diagnosed with this kidney disease
1: i think that moments have met more like i mentioned my friend's wedding earlier i went to another another friend's wedding earlier and just different events you know being with my daughter being with my wife my my parents and just you know i think before i was just moving at a at a pace that was like whatever and i was like oh these moments are huge and you need to take every single minute and every single second you know, cause it could go the other way.
2: Right. That's beautiful. That's a wonderful outlook on life that I, I honestly uh, do wish a lot of us would, you know, embrace more. Um, I feel we do take certain things for granted and then when we're faced with something like you've been faced with, it, uh, rattles our entire life. Um, mm. you know, Alan, um, again, being a coworker, Uh, with you is I I, I just don't understand I I cannot fathom how you continue with such composure such Mm. compassion to others and dedication to your job all while being faced with this you are the strongest person I know Uh, you may be weak you know physically your muscles might not be that big your muscles might not be that big but everything else Alan you are the strongest person I know and I would strive to be as strong as you. Honestly, um, so we could all learn a lot from you. And I, I, I don't know how you do it. I really do not know how you do it. I struggle in my day to day without facing what you're facing. So I commend you. Um, I look up to you. Oh, you, you, you're, you're fantastic, <laughs> Alan. And you are unflawed, un- other than being Mariners fan. Um, but yes, Alan. And also, I will plug this too. You, you have a very, very cute daughter. I don't know how you did that. I don't know how you managed to. Play that <laughs> but Alan's daughter is so cute. She's the cutest baby I've seen in years. She's great. So there you go, All right. uh, Alan. You are the best.
1: Oh, uh, I, I appreciate it. I think my joke would be the formula is expensive, so I gotta make it work. I gotta make this stuff work. <laughs> but no, I appreciate those kind words and sentiments, and no, I appreciate you. And thank you for being on and joining me for this podcast. Um, it really meant a lot. I I think I love the fact that you did the design for this, and when trying to you know do my part and figure out like how can I? I wanted you to be on. I'm like how? You know, like, I, mean, I don't think we can't do a whole episode about a logo. I mean, maybe you could, but <laughs> nah, it's a, nah, nah.
2: Right, we it's wouldn't want to bore them. But honestly, <laughs> Alan, when we were talking just the other day, it was it, it was so natural. And I, I wanted to be educated about these things that it was kind of like, you know what, this would be a great episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think when the two of us get together, it is natural. Mm-hmm. And you just want other people to hear these conversations these vital conversations or connections i'm sorry vital connections that's perfect Uh, but i i'm happy to be educated on these things because i was ignorant to it all
1: Mm, no yeah and i mean i was too so it's no big deal uh listeners if you have any questions about dialysis about kidney disease about transplant reach out to me i'm gonna give my email here, it would be Vickers 51 the number, at gmail.com. Just reach out to me there. You know, we can talk. We could set something up. Um, I know a lot of people are going through this, and maybe they don't even know they're going through it like me. But you definitely
0: need to have a place to land so you're not building a plane in the sky. Thanks for listening. On the next episode of Vital Connections, um, I did an interview with a transplant recipient about his experience post transplant. And it was a great conversation. I hope you tune in. That episode is dropping next Wednesday. All right. Thanks, everyone.